0: Trying to decide whether that new game is worth your sixty dollars? Or maybe you're just wondering if an old game is worth your time. Well, you came to the right place. This is the only podcast that tries to answer the question.
1: Should I buy it though?
0: Hey, everyone, welcome back to Should I Buy It Though. I'm uh, Giancarlo.
2: It's a me, Nico. Wahoo! Damn,
3: you took my joke, bro. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it's a me, TJ.
1: Um, I'm still Amanda Facosta. Wow, no spirit. Oh my goodness! Move on. Wahoo! It's a me, Nick Palazzo.
2: Wow. Damn, that was good. Oh, that's that was the good. best one. All right, watch this. Watch this. Wow!
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Alright, thank you all for listening. I wish they
2: could see that. Yeah, he was literally
0: was... shaking. <laughs> it, it's like a, when Tom Kenny like puts his hand on his throat to do the Spongebob laugh, but it was his whole body.
2: I wanted to emulate what it's like to actually fall into a ravine.
0: And this week we are reviewing Paper Mario Origami King. Uh, for context, I guess we'll say who played it, to what extent. I played it, I finished it. Yeah.
1: I played it, and I'm still playing it.
3: Yep. I have not played it, but I will play it eventually.
0: But you bought it.
1: <laughs> I
3: did buy it.
2: I own <laughs> it. You can review the box art. <laughs> I watched an hour on YouTube, and then I'm going to mooch the rest of it off of Amanda when she's done.
1: Woo-hoo.
0: And Nick thinks that you should not buy Paper Mario or a
1: gun. Well,
2: you do what you want. It's not for me. It's a kid's game.
0: Whoa! Whoa! All right! Whoa. Damn! Oh, Dang.
1: the fighting words!
0: The fighting words! We opened uh, Tsushima with Amanda's hot take, and we <laughs> opened Paper Mario with Nick's hot take.
2: <laughs> I also know nothing about any of them Paper Mario's at all. So,
0: all right. That's... So, with that invalidated opinion, I know nothing. I guess but we don't buy it. <laughs> okay. Uh, so let's get started. And one of the first things, I, I guess, for background is. Our relationship to Paper Mario, because Nintendo games, people tend to form long-running histories with them, and it kind of colors your opinion, Uh, no pun intended. I know for me, I played one of the Paper Marios on GameCube when I was very young. I had no idea what I was doing. Uh, I don't think I made it very far in the game. But I've always liked the art style of Paper Mario.
3: So, I got it for GameCube, um... Originally, it was just because like it seemed cool. It was a Mario game to play. Um, yeah. You know, I had a lot of fun with it. Uh, my mom bonded to it more than I did. Um, I I love the game. I love the series, but she really loves it to the point where I've purchased every Paper Mario game for her in existence, as well as the um, Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga. And like one of them, they did like a crossover together, mm-hmm. and it's cool. It's a it's a fun little series. Yeah,
1: I played. I believe, um, Super Paper Mario, and I had it for the Wii, and, um, I was very bad at it, (laughs) I just, yeah, I wasn't good at it, but that's okay, because my sister was, and I would watch her play it, and, um, now I'm, now I'm good at it, so, no need to worry, guys, I figured it out.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, one of the first things to talk about with Paper Mario is it's frickin' paperness. Because, you know, <laughs> that's, like, a, a big deal with it. Uh, and I just want to open with saying that, like, the game is gorgeous. Especially, oh, yeah. you know, for being a Switch game. I I think it's beautiful. I love I love all of the character designs, the worlds. They're always super creative, Nintendo. Like, they have their gimmicks. Like, they have a, what is it, Yoshi's Woolly World or whatever. Like, stuff like that where they kind of run with a gimmick about it being, like, arts and craft supplies or something like that. Um, but I think it's executed really well here, visually. I, I think the game looks fabulous. Um, I loved all of the, the little details in the world, stuff like uh, some of the things you you do in the game are, like, collect-a-thons of, like, toads who have been folded, because this is origami-themed, who have been folded into different things. And so sometimes they're, like, bugs on trees or they're, like, crumpled up behind, like, some trash or something like that. And I, I just loved... Seeing all the creative ways that they made use of the uh, the visual theme, how'd you guys like it?
1: I loved it. It was, yeah, it was definitely beautiful. It was very colorful, magical looking. Uh, yeah, man. The
0: environments had variety too. Uh, you go through a, a couple of different regions in this game. It's it's very wide uh, and and. Each region has kind of its own gimmick in terms of gameplay. You get vehicles in this game, which I thought was really cool. And, yeah, just like when you enter certain areas, there's an area called, like, the Autumn Mountain or Sweet Paper Valley. There's an ocean area. Like, all of it has its own style. And when you enter it and you enter that new color palette for the first time... Every single time I I wanted to stop, I took some screenshots and stuff like that because I thought it was beautiful.
1: Yeah, no, it definitely feels like when you say the world, it feels like you're just, you really, they really immerse you in this world. And it's, it feels endless, but like in a really good way, you know, Mm -hmm. like I, I'm normally not the kind of person who feels the need to like go through everything and find every collectible and whatever, but. The only reason I I did that towards the beginning, but then I'm like, I really need to like get with it, or else I won't <laughs> have this game finished for the review. Yeah, and I still didn't have it finished for the review. <laughs> um, but still, like I felt I felt like Benatados playing Odyssey. Yeah, you know, you remember? Yeah, because he. I did too. Yeah, exactly. Because I really just. I tried to find everything, and it's literally, like, it's impossible. There's so, There are hidden blocks everywhere where you don't expect it, and then you have all these treasure chests scattered throughout, and it's it's awesome. It's awesome. And I can't wait to, like, go back and actually try and 100% it, which I don't think I'll accomplish, but I will definitely try. So... Yeah, I, th- I thought
0: it was great the amount of collectibles and stuff that were in the world, which, like, a lot of times are meaningless, and in this game, I guess they are meaningless as far as, like, You know, it's nothing significant to, like, the narrative or anything like that. But they were always fun to find because, again, because they were so creative. And so I just wanted to see what they did with every single one of them. I did not 100% everything because, yeah, like, it would have been hard to get it done in time and to get any sort of meaningful gameplay in Tsushima. But in most areas, there were quite a few areas that I did 100%. And then all of the other areas, I think I never dipped below maybe 75% completion on, like, all the collecting stuff. I was usually somewhere in, like, the 80-ish range. Um, so, yeah, I I tried to take my time as much as I could in this world. Um, it was a lot of fun. On that front, one of the things that I think the game does, interestingly, which not a lot of Nintendo games do very often, is it has an achievement system. You can check out your map and you can see, like, your progress with all of the different things. And I thought that was a nice little addition. Like when you finish finding all the toads, it would give you a pop-up and say 100% of like toads found and stuff like that. And I thought it was nice to have that in, in game just to like let you know that you finished it and to, I guess, incentivize, you know, when you finish one of maybe like the easier ones, like closing up all the holes, then you'd be like, oh, that's right. Wait, what am I missing? And it would like prompt you to go back and check and see, you know, maybe if you wanted to go back to an area and see if you missed any toads or anything like that um did you care for the achievement system at all
1: yes i did yes yes i did it took me a second to realize um to like notice it actually whenever it would pop and be like 100 percent, and then once i did i was like oh crud have i not been 100 percenting like every other world and then when i checked yeah. um when i checked over through the map and everything it was like oh like 67 percent and i audibly would gasp and just like I don't know, I'd be like, well I have to go back, but then I'm like, but then there's the main mission, Amanda. What are you gonna do? And it's just I don't know. That made me I don't know, I guess that means I just actually really enjoyed playing the game. So that's yeah. good.
0: The good thing is the world uh has it operates on like the hub system basically. So there's a main area where that then connects to each of the areas once you've unlocked them. So you can go back and it's easy to go back and revisit stuff. What I will say is that this game basically pulls a Breath of the Wild where when the game is over, it's over. Like, you can't... It's not like you can go back and play in, like, the finished world. It just reloads a save before the final encounter and you just have to, like, backtrack out of the final area and really? go back and do whatever you wanted. Yeah. Once I the didn't game's, know that. Yeah, once you complete it, like, the story's over, the game is over. You can only reload an earlier save, which is... Oh. At the final save block. So it's not, like... It's not a terrible way to do it, but... It's not a terrible way to
1: do it, but also, like, dang.
0: I mean, it, it makes sense as to why certain things wouldn't work. Like, for example, without, like, spoiling anything in this game, but, like, in Breath of the Wild, you can't really continue playing in a saved world because since Ganon is destroyed, the monsters are gone, there would be nothing to do. So it's kind of one of those things where certain things wouldn't exist anymore, so mm. you're it wouldn't really make sense for you to continue playing. So I, I understand it. Yeah. Okay, tone in this game. I was shocked at how eerie the game felt at the beginning.
1: It really yeah no, it throws you for a loop because it's like the last thing you're expecting.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's delightfully eerie. And then the the one thing that kind of is not like a huge letdown, but I was kind of like, I wish it's just that there's always immediately a joke after like the really dark stuff, mm-hmm. and then there's a joke to be like, "Ha oh, it's a kid game, JK, everyone's fine." Uh, I would love for them to just be like, "No, the world is dark,
1: and that's it."
0: Just for you to be like, "Jesus Christ, this is Mario. What are you doing?" <laughs> like,
1: here's the thing is like, I still felt that way even with the jokes because yeah. I don't. I mean, that's also I don't know. Maybe that just says something about me because I do cope with humor. Um, so I don't. I don't know, I don't know, but mm. I like it. No, but there's some real
0: screwed up things in this game. Like when you first see them, there are different enemies that do different creative things relating to paper. And one of them does something to a bunch of toads. And like when you finally, when you see it the first time, you're like, oh, that's weird. And then when you realize like what it's done to everyone and you interact with some of them, you're like, oh my God, this is horrifying. <laughs> this is like serial
2: killer stuff. That's kind of like what Paper Mario is known for, too. I've always wanted to get into ser- the series because of how dark it is. Like in Thousand Year Door, I know the first thing you see is there's a noose in the center of the town. It's like, what the fuck? This is a Mario game. Yeah. So I always appreciate how <laughs> how dark that these games are. I I've never played one, but I I really want to get into them because of that different tone from a normal Mario game.
0: I totally love to see what you think about this one because yeah, it it does get it almost discredits itself with humor. Because I can deal with like a joke, but every now and then it'll be like it'll be a joke that kind of is like, ha, ah, this happened, but they're actually fine, you know not always there are some places where it it throws a punch and, and it lets it sit there uh and and that's something about the game that also surprised me was there are a surprising amount of emotional moments in this game
1: oh yeah <laughs> for
0: being a paper mario game i was like there are tragic tragic events in this game <laughs> like to the point where
1: i like i almost cried like i, don't, I was like oh my I, god how are you i gonna do did that? cry i don't even <laughs> i had like i like to play sometimes i like to play games with like my own music in the background and mm-hmm. i don't know i i've i've been listening to like my strings playlist so it's not it's kind of it's classical music but it's kind it has like that you know, kind of sad tone to it, and you know, <laughs> you know the moment that happens. Whatever, yes. you know that moment. Mm-hmm. But the song that was playing, John, you know the song. It was. Yeah, song I do know the song. In...
0: I went back and I listened to it on YouTube like five times.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, the song that I had playing was the song that we used from *Eurydice*. Oh. Yeah. So it was a really. <laughs> you should link that song in the description. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we're gonna link that song. It's called "Cold" by George Mendes, and it is a beautiful. It's beautiful, but it is just, it just makes you feel so hollow.
0: <laughs> yeah, no. Um, um, the game is like has surprisingly tragic moments. Like the story is, I was expecting something goofy and whatever, and it is for a lot of it. But when when it does try to make a point, um, it's it's effective. It it sits there. Like, one of the uh, the notes I made was casual, cheery, murder. <laughs> because it is very funny that, like, you... Uh, so you're fighting origami creations for a lot of the game, and one of the draws of this game, and I think it's safe to talk about this without it really being a spoiler because you can see it wherever, is you get some people who, like, are traditionally enemies in Mario games as either allies or just, like, neutral characters where they're just hanging out because the enemies in this game are the origami. And so, like, when you first get introduced to an origami and, like, you have to fight it, your partner, during the tutorial section, basically says, she's like, okay, well, he used to be this, but now he's one of the origami dudes, so you just have to kill him, because, like, yeah, there's, you can't save them once they're origami, so just murder him. Go. Smash his face in. And then you kill him, and there's, like, a big high-five moment. It's like, yeah, you did it. And I'm like, you just told me to end this dude's life. He used to be... A, like a Goomba or whatever, and now he's dead.
3: <laughs> Wahoo! Yeah. <laughs>
0: Wahoo! <laughs> Which is made like doubly weird by the fact that like you talk to a lot of your enemies and so they're like, Mario, what are you doing here? And they're like, Oh no, you're right, the, those origami freaks. Like yeah, like I can hang out with you for right now. You seen Bowser around? Where's Bowser? Like <laughs> And you're you're buddying with these dudes and not not to get too specific, but uh, Amanda, I just want to say two words to you and, and see if you have anything to say about it.
1: Un café. Dude, what's up with that? It is it my is...
0: favorite thing in the game. A it coffee. Is... By far. Yes.
1: Un café. It's literally... So can we say it? Can we say this? Yeah. Co- yeah. Yes. There okay, are... So there's there's literally coffee bars like scattered throughout, but you always got to like... It's like a hidden
0: collectible type thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. the
0: first time you find the coffee thing it's like, oh, you could drink a coffee and it makes you faster for, like, 30 seconds or something like that. Yeah. So, that's what I thought it was going to be for the rest of the game. But it's not. (laughs) Because you buy a coffee and then, like, you drink the coffee. The coffee, I guess it heals you or whatever. But really, the reason you buy the coffee is because there are these really hilarious freaking (laughs) cutscenes in every single one of the coffee bars. And so, like, you go in and usually it's, like, enemies. It's, like, a Goomba and a a Balumba and a whatever, like just hanging out there having a coffee and you go up and they're like, oh, what's he doing here? And you pay for your coffee and you drink it. And then something wild always happens. I'm not going to say what, because like it's it's a delightful thing that I want you guys to experience on your own, but it's different in each place. And it is just, it's my favorite section of the game. Like I want like a Paper Mario Barista Simulator game now.
1: (laughs) It's, It's so sweet. It's just another little another little thing that just really does add to this entire story in the whole world and i really do love it
0: and that to me is the greatest strength of the game overall is the environment and the interactivity of stuff there it's very easy to go into loot in a lot of games and be like i need to explore every single corner because i, I don't want to miss anything and like definitely in this game like There's an absurd amount to do and you can definitely wear yourself out if you want to like if you're having a hard time finding every single toad But if you're just exploring like a lot of times when you're on the path Like I would try to go the opposite way to explore and the game would be like no, 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 wait Wait, don't we have to go do this first? Like it literally wouldn't let me go the other way And I would think that that would be frustrating But I actually kind of liked it because I was like, okay, you know what? Let's follow the path I'll explore every inch of the path and naturally, it would take you through the whole map. So I never felt like I was missing anything. It was just explore thoroughly in the areas it wants you to be in when you're there. So I felt like I was getting, you know, a full fleshed out experience of everything. But every corner of the world had something in it. Like, again, like the little toads or the coffee shops or different merchants. And when you rescued certain, co- or certain toads then those toads would end up being the merchants that you could buy upgrades from and stuff like that so it was just nice that the whole world had stuff to interact with and they were so charming that that to me was the game i just wanted to interact with the land i mean there were other stuff and the the actual main quest has some really cool moments but as far as the bulk of the time I spent in it in between boss fights and everything. It was just me wanting to interact with all the little stuff that was hanging
1: out. I agree. And speaking of like the toads, I just, I, (laughs) I, there were, there, there are a lot. There are a lot of them, right? There are a lot of toads, but every now and then I'm like, okay, let me, let me go talk to some toads. So I'd go and talk to some toads and some of the lines that these toads have, I'm just, there was one (laughs) that really stuck with me. And it, Cause I literally, I just kept laughing and uh, I wrote it down and all it is, <laughs> well, no, there's two, one of them I talked to and all, all they said was I have amnesia and ran yep. away and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> brilliant. Love it. I'm on board. And then another one was like, it had like an angry face on it. Cause I guess I saved it from like a tree or something. I don't remember. And, <laughs> but it pops up and it looks at me. It's like, I felt like a flower, but looked like a weed story of my life and it ran away
0: did you go back and talk to it afterwards
1: i don't know i don't think so probably not there's
0: a there's a couple of those and one of them was like he he does the thing about the flower that he's like i thought i was about to bloom um and then when you talk to it later after you've like unfolded it uh he just goes well i'm not gonna bloom now (laughs)
1: <laughs> i love it it's stupid it's silly yeah. but it's it's it's, it's stupid
0: stupid humor but it's delightful
1: once you really get immersed in the world you're like you can't help but really enjoy all of it
0: it's me the announcement guy hey everyone thank you so much for listening to our review of paper mario origami king now i just wanted to make a few quick announcements First and foremost, we want to give a very special thank you to all of our founding parents who helped make our launch Indiegogo such a big success. This includes Adriana Larcon, Juan Sorrilla, Will Williams, Anne Baird, Giovanni Sorrilla, Andrea Jimenez Neste, Claudia Acosta, Marci A., Jerry Benetatos, Katrina Scott, Carolina Riverol, Alejandra Larcon, Alexia Wilde, Giovanni Neste, Daniel Utset, and Zenobia Ash. Thank you all so much. It really means the world to us. Next, if you're listening to this and you like what we're doing here at Should I Buy, please consider going to check out our other podcast, Dungeons and Dreambus. It's an actual play podcast that's serialized into episodes, and we just started our first full season. But there are also two other mini-campaigns up for you to listen to. There's drama, comedy, and everything in between. So if you like what we're doing here, we think you'll like what we're doing over there too. And last, if you're wondering how you can support the show... You can always go check us out on Patreon at patreon.com shouldibuy or go to whimsicproductions.com which can link you through to just about anything you want to see or leave us a review in the podcast app of your choice. Writing a little something about what you like about the show will really go a long way towards getting the show in front of more people. Again, thank you so much to all of our founding parents for the support and thanks to all of you who are listening. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Which brings me to the core of the actual gameplay, Ugh. the combat system. oh
1: <laughs> No, that was
0: dun, just... Dun, dun. Most of this game is combat. Amanda, I'm curious. How did you feel about the combat?
1: All right, so I actually have um, four points written here. Okay. I have several points, but for combat, <laughs> initially I had, okay, I, okay I, can, I can vibe with this. Got mm-hmm. it. Cool. And then, you know, we, can, we battle a little bit. We do the thing. And then I'm like, all right... It's a little boring at the moment, but you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's whatever. And then I'm like, okay, it's getting a little more difficult, but cool. It's kind of feeling like, feels like I'm doing like math problems or something, but okay. And then we end it with just like, okay, I take everything I said back. I'm sorry for <laughs> offending you. <laughs> I would I, I apologize greatly. And, um, yeah, this is uh it's a lot. It's, uh. She's she's hefty, dude. Like yeah. the, it they're essentially the battles are like they're basically puzzles. Right? Yes. We guess they're basically puzzles. Um and I mean, I didn't hate that at first. I no, I don't I don't hate the fact that they're puzzles. I think one of my biggest issues with any Mario game is that once you defeat, you know, some random enemies every whatever, just roaming around and you're like cool i did this they're all dead i'm free to live my life whatever and you leave and then eventually like oh i have to go back so you go back but then they're all alive again and i'm like yep. I, I i could easily yeah yeah when i battle them do i also win coins and uh, stuff like that yes sure but also i don't wanna fight you again so and i mean to be fair do you some enemies you actually like you don't have to fight again you could just like if you land a good hit you're good like it's done but sometimes like they'll just pop up and they'll sneak up on you and or they'll jump on you or whatever mm-hmm. and you're like okay now i have to fight you i suppose or you could flee but sometimes fleeing doesn't work and then you fall on your face and then you take a lot of damage and you're like well yeah. dang it you know so that wasn't that's one of my least favorite things about any mario game but yes
0: So, to talk about combat, I think we need to explain what we're talking about. Fair. For those of you listening, to discuss combat, I think we can break it into three basic sections. There are environmental fights, there are uh, regular-regular combat fights, and then there are boss fights. So, the bulk of the game is regular combat, or what I'm calling regular combat, I guess. What this consists of is you will run into an enemy or the enemy will run into you. And it brings you into a section with rings. And the rings can rotate round-wise or you can rotate all of the layers like through vertically. Uh, And your goal is to align all of the enemies either into a line or into squares. Because the two weapons that you have throughout the game, you get different variations but it's always the same two weapons. You have your boots and you have your hammer. And so they have different effects for different purposes, whatever, but essentially the boots let you bounce on enemies in a line, the hammer lets you do damage within a four block radius. So it's a it's a whole puzzle mechanic, and it's timed, and there are different add-ons you get that give you more time, more health, more whatever, but that is the bulk of the regular combat system. You can't fight anyone until you line up the ring. You can, but the thing is you, you're going to take damage because... You, based on how many enemies there are and how you're supposed to line them up, you get a certain amount of moves. So, oh. if you don't line them up correctly, for example, and they're spread out across the board, because the boots attack in a straight line and the hammer attacks in one radius, if you don't line them up and you leave them as is, let's say you hit two enemies, then there could be you know, four or five other enemies that are about to do damage to you but that you haven't touched. So the game is, like, trying to line them up in the most efficient way so that each of your moves does damage so that by the end of your round, you've either killed or at least hurt all of the enemies before they come and hurt you. Uh, Because it's a turn-based combat system. Um, The puzzles are fine. And the puzzles, I would say, get decently challenging. And I think it's actually uh, quite interesting. I, I like the mental challenge of the puzzles. You would. The problem... ...comes when that is how you fight every single enemy. And so, if you run into one Goomba in the overworld... ...when you enter the battle arena, because it's its own separate thing... ...it is then, you know, seven enemies that you need to line up and get whatever. Which makes sense, because that's how the way... ...that's the way it's structured. Um, The problem is that once you figure out the system... ...with the exception of when you're, you know... ...when you get a particularly hard lineup... Which even then, uh, one of the cool things the game does is that toads that you rescue in the overworld are present in the arena battle. So they're cheering for you. They're like, they're saying hints. They're like, use this, use whatever. And you can pay them a certain amount of money and they'll all like, depending on how much money you throw out, they'll rush the board and they'll... They'll do a little bit of damage to some of the enemies. They'll help you line them up just a little bit to make it a little easier for particularly tough ones. That's cool, and it's a great incentive for, like, collecting as many toads as you can because I loved having my army of toads just, like, watching me and cheering me on. That's wonderful. (laughs) The problem then comes when, again, it's every single fight. So if I'm going to fight seven enemies in a little section to, like, to get to a door, that is seven arena fights that I have to load into. And there's not, like, long loading times or anything, but it's just, like, the disconnect makes it tiresome. And so at first it's fun, and then I was like, oh, man. And then they introduce new enemies once I finish the kind of tutorial section. And that assuaged my problem for a little bit because I was like, I had just been fighting Goombas for forever. And I was like, okay, you got uh, now we got Koopa Troopas. And they fly, so they're different. The thing is that, like, once you understand everyone's gimmick... The fights are all exactly the same. Some enemies, you need your special iron boots because they're spiky, so if you step on them, you're going to hurt yourself. So you need your iron boots to do damage to them. Some enemies fly, so you can't use your hammer. Stuff like that. But, again, they're all essentially the same. The only one that's different is Koopa Troopas when they're still in the shell. If you line them up in the front of a line, you can hit the first one and he'll kill all the enemies behind him. And I thought that was awesome and so that at that point I got stoked for the combat again because I was like cool I can't wait to see what they do with like the other enemies. They're gonna introduce but honestly Those are the only enemies that have a unique effect on the board Everyone else it's like it affects how you have to engage with them But you can't use the enemies to affect other enemies which would have kept the combat interesting and been like Okay, what's the most optimal way to line this up to get like the best outcome? Really, most of the time, it's as long as they're in a line and as long as they're in a square, you're good to go. And that gets pretty boring. Thankfully, the game, now we're going to talk about environmental encounters, uh, the game does let you engage with people in the overworld at a certain point. So once you get a certain amount of upgrades, the game is like, cool, you look stronger. How about, why don't you go try jumping on that Goomba over there? And you jump on the Goomba in the overworld, and if you, if you manage to jump on it without running into it, you jump on it twice, uh, it's dead. And I'm like, cool. Love that. But it's only for very low-level enemies. There are other really cool environmental uh, things. Uh, there are, like, paper mache monsters that are really big, and, like, you have to hit them and, like, maneuver around them and all of this. The environmental fights? Very cool. And I like the environmental fights for the lesser enemies as well. I just wish that the majority of the combat ended up being environmental. Like, it was just in the overworld. And then you save the arena fights for more significant encounters. Because the boss fights are also usually arena encounters. But it's a, it's different because you're not fighting other people on the board. It's just you're making the board to get to the, the power-ups that you need to properly attack the boss in the right order because each of them have their own weaknesses and strengths. You can't do some things to others. You can do certain things to different ones. So it's inter- like mentally, it's very, very engaging. And I love that. So the boss fights are, are great. And even if you threw like a Goomba at me every now and then, because sometimes you'll be like wandering around and you're going to go get something and it'll pop out of the bush and get you. And I'm like, okay, this is a meaningful encounter because it ambushed me and I need to get through here to get that. I'd be fine with having those arena fights. It's just the overworld ones, the ones where they're just hanging out. And like, if they see you, they'll chase you. I would end up running away from them as often as I could. Because I just, it was tiresome to enter the arena (laughs) fight. And honestly, that is my big contention with the game. And it's the one that is enough to call my vote into question. Because I, I think the game is fantastic. But when the bulk of your gameplay is something that I'm trying to run away from, everything else has to be really fantastic to make me think it's worth it. Sure. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like you're saying the
2: video game part of the video game. Is yeah. Really fun. And
0: that's it's been such a <laughs> such a struggle for me to like try and articulate well my experience with it because like I said the environmental fights, the the paper mache monsters, even just like stepping on goombas, like getting the step correctly and just like killing them in the overworld, and especially the boss fights, I love. I actually think they're very very good. It's just the the cannon fodder enemies that it's just, it's gotcha. too much back to back. And I think there are simple ways they could have fixed it, make the smaller enemies, like I said, environmental, and then have a few that are like scripted encounters and have those be the arena fights. So that they're a big deal because there are moments in the game where like uh, regular enemies will show up, but they'll it'll be like an army of them and they'll ambush you and it'll be a wave fight. And those are exciting. Those are cool because like they serve a purpose and like I have no problem with those. Again, it's just the frequency of it. The The other way they could have fixed it is either have the enemies have more effect on the board. Kind of like how the Koopa Troopas are, where you could use them to clear part of the board. Like, Have the enemies affect everything else, as opposed to just being something to hit, like just hammering on. Um, or, make a more interesting weapon system. Because your weapons are the boots and the hammer... And they don't change. So basically you get stuff that is more powerful or like you get the boots that, uh, that you use for the spiky enemies, or you have like ones that help you get more coins. Like they have useful effects, but they're not interesting effects.
1: And also you lose them. They break after a few uses. So you either have to happen upon another pair of boots or you have to find, buy them. Yeah. And it's. That's Ooh, annoying. That sounds annoying. Yeah, that's a little... I would say
0: it's... It, I was worried about it at the beginning, but the thing is, I had so much money in this game, and it made sense because when you reach a certain Same. level, uh, there's a there's a point in the game where there's a ton of just, like, ultra-expensive items, and I was like, okay, I get it. And having the money never felt like a detriment. Like, I never felt like it was robbing me of an experience. But the good thing was that, yeah, I always... While I did, like, squeeze the most out of my items... Um, I always had enough because you can have four of each equipped at once. And then you can have, you have a backup bank of just like the ones that you're not using as well. So you're never like running out necessarily. You shouldn't be. They break. And so sometimes when they do break uh, in the middle of a fight, so like when my shiny boots broke, then I'd be like, oh no, I can't step on these dudes and they're still alive. What do I do? So then I had to get creative. Like that's when it put me in a pickle. And those were interesting fights. And, and that's what I mean. Like, it's just, you need something to spice things up. And so I guess durability is one way that they did that, because then it would force me to, like, there are items in this game. Like, you get fire flyer, flowers and ice flowers and stuff like that. Uh, I almost never use them. And then every now and then I'd be like, hmm, that's an elemental enemy. Or, oh, God, my boots just broke. I guess I have to resort to this. And that made stuff interesting. It, I just, I wish there were more ways to uh, spice up the uh, the common encounters. Yeah, Amanda, how would you feel about the boss fights? Oh,
1: my gosh. They were... Fr- well, I think they're awesome. I think they're actually... I think they're very enjoyable. I... There were plenty of times where I... Yes, I did get a little frustrated. But the thing is, I there was never a point where I said, screw this, and I just, like, quit. You know what I mean? It would be like, okay, I'm having a really hard time. I just died again. But I'm going to get it this time. We're going to do it. Let's go. We're going to do it. So... Which is very, um, which is very much not me. I've <laughs> a lot of the time, I need to step away from a game and be like, "I'm gonna rip this console to pieces." But I don't know with this, with Paper Mario. I don't know. I just kept feeling like I'm like I, I have to go back. Like I have to get this done. I especially with some of these bosses because I'm like, you are too cocky, <laughs> and I don't, I don't like you. I don't like what you did here, and also some of them are just absolutely brilliant i one i it took me a second to like understand i'm like why are you that and why are why are you i don't want to spoil anything but it's really hard (gasps) there are
0: (laughs) what bosses are physically and then there's also their personality and so sometimes as you're exploring an area you're seeing like the remnants of the boss's destruction and you're like okay. Okay, so this, and you... You're and, like, what
1: could this possibly be? Yeah, so you, you figure be? out one
0: or the other. You're like, okay, this is your personality, or this is what you are, I think. And then you, you start yeah. trying to piece out the other one, and you're like, wait, why those two? And then it kind of ties together, and you're like, that is so clever.
1: It's the stupidest thing, yes. and I love it.
0: <laughs> yeah, the, the boss fights are surprisingly challenging. I... Yeah. I did not expect yeah. the challenge, but also I had, like, a near-identical experience to you where... A lot of times, especially in a game like Mario or like, or, I don't know, like a platformer or even an RPG where it's like, it's that where you're stuck in an area. Like, you can't move around. You can't give yourself space. Like, it's just, it is what it is and you just have to do it right. Uh, when I lose too many times, I just kind of, I go, okay, I'm going to take a break for 30 minutes and I'll come back and hopefully I'll be better when I, like, breathe. But this game, no. Like, I always, especially in the boss encounters, I was like, no, no, I want to power through this. I And sure enough, I would. Like, sometimes... It would maybe take me two or three tries at certain bosses. Um, and if, if I did every now and then pull off a boss on the first try, it felt magnificent. Because the game does a right. clever thing where because the system <laughs> is familiar, and this is, again, where it spices things up, which it works great for the bosses. Because the system is familiar, you know how to navigate the rings, but then you don't understand the boss. And so you have to spend a few turns basically getting dunked on by the boss yeah. to be like, oh, you do that, but you can't do this. And like, and you figure out the gimmick, and you go, okay. But at that point, you've already taken a lot of damage. So now it's like, okay, I need to arrange the rings so I can pick up health, because if I do this, I'll be able to do damage now. But if I don't heal, then when it's his turn, I'm going to die, and you have to balance it. And, and I think it's really well done. Um, I, I do think the boss fights are super, super enjoyable. Uh, both... Mechanically yeah. and narratively.
1: Narratively, they are hysterical. Oh
0: yeah, they there are some are. <laughs> fabulous set pieces. Just the, the oh. presentation of them, oh. wow. Um, the only yeah. thing I would have wanted more was... One of my like surprise favorite games on the Switch is Mario Rabbids Kingdom Battle. Um, and I love how that game does <laughs> boss fights. Yeah. And so like there's one very theatrical boss in this. And I just wanted it to be uh, a little bit more like the Phantom of the bo <laughs> yeah, Because there is, there's a performance element. And I just wish that there was a voice actor or something. Like to give it the extra spice instead of just the text. Like I would have loved to hear an actual song to be like, that's a bop. Or something like that. Um, yeah. But regardless, it was still great. You want Sander Cohen's voice actor to be the voice of that? Let me tell you, there is a boss in this game. That is Sandra Cohen, literally. But Peter Mario. <laughs> oh my god! Literally,
1: it's so good. It's That's so funny. good.
0: And the the death for the boss is also amazing. Like all of them have their little like moment, but God, like yeah.
1: That one, no, that one was like that was top, like that was number one boss right there. I kind of felt bad for him. Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah, the, the game's just oozing with personality. Um, yeah, but. Going off of what you said about like wanting to have people actually singing these songs and having voice actors, you know, voice characters, um, there were just so many. There, it's it's weird because of how how much music they chose to use, and yes, and every time a song, like the first time I remember, they were like, "Oh, here's this song," and they start. And oh like my the, god,
0: this and the song, like the instrumental, is. Like, it's kicking and it's everything. Yeah. And then there's no voice. And, and I'm like, there's no voice. Oh. And you're like,
1: wait, what? And you're like, am I supposed to sing? Yeah. Like, and I, there was a point where I'm like, I'm trying to sing these words to, like, this tune. And I know it's not the I point of it. Yeah. But I'm like, <laughs> I'm a little sad now. <laughs> I was really looking forward to that. Yeah, oh,
0: that's basically how how the game it's (laughs) it's
1: still really cute because like the characters are still on screen and they're like and they dance and it's it's adorable it's adorable but i'm like wow imagine how much better it would be if someone was actually
0: singing this song agreed and i can see reasons why they may have abstained from that you might feel compelled then to be like it doesn't make sense if we don't voice all our characters then. And so then you also have to voice Luigi and you have to voice, you know, everyone else who, like, are traditionally kind of silent. Like, if you give them too much voice, it might start getting weird. So I guess I could see the issue. I would have liked to have had it for the boss, like, for those special moments. Um, Especially because they're pretty much always from, like, new characters. So it would have been nice. But those are really my, my two areas. It's, I wish there was a little voice. And I wanted more spice in the actual, like, primary combat encounters. I realized that TJ made a point earlier about me always describing things I like as food. uh, (laughs) And I'm saying that I want spice on combat. So here we are. (laughs) But, But I mean, other than that, like, I, outside of those areas, I had nothing but positive experiences here. And I don't want to delve too much into the specifics of certain areas. But, like, this game really, really evokes Zelda vibes for me. And it might just be the fact that it's an RPG, but, like, there's one area where um, you're doing... You're essentially doing the, the Triforce, like, trials. You know, like, in earlier Zelda games, you had to go get the three orbs before you could get the Triforce and, like, stuff like that. There's something like that in this game. There's an area of the game that really reminds me of... I never played Wind Waker, but I played Phantom Hourglass. And it reminds me of, like, the sailing section in that generation of Zelda games. And I love... Zelda as a world and also the games that I have played I've I've really enjoyed and I think that it took a lot of The best pieces of one of nintendo's best franchises and threw it into this game I want to see more paper mario. I want to see where they take it and maybe refine it like It might be weird to have paper mario or have mario like fighting people out in the open But like yeah, maybe like do that more Like maybe give mario actual weapons and just let him engage with people in the overworld If you just did that it would fix I I would be almost completely satisfied with this game did it make you want to go back and play the older ones the older paper marios yeah because i haven't really like experienced any of them in their entirety not necessarily it did make me want to go back and finish uh exploring like collecting all the stuff in in this game and it makes me i do want more paper mario if if that correlates to your question at all but yeah
3: cool
0: (laughs) how
2: long was the game how many hours have you played amanda
1: I don't even know. But the thing is, like, it's, the, again, like, the world is so, it, it's endless. So you feel the need to explore. There's a lot of times I'm like, Amanda, you need to move on. I definitely have, I definitely have, like, over 12, 15 hours on this game. Okay. I want to say.
0: If I had to guess, I'd say I'm a little over 20. Oh, okay. That's, you know, pretty long for a Mario game. Yeah. I could maybe be bordering on 30. I don't know.
1: Ooh. I would think so. It's a lot. There's a l- There's so much more than you expect. Like, Damn. I was not expecting everything that's happening so far. Because you're like, okay, you're on the right path. You're like, okay, now we're going to do this main thing. And then you're like, oh, no, 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 no. You actually have to do this before you can even, like, get close to touching that. And you're like, what? I'm wow. excited. But, like, Why? <laughs>
0: My Switch only has the first played four days ago, so I can't see how many hours I spent. But yeah, I'm guessing it's it's somewhere between 20 and 30 right now. Gotcha. Um,
1: yeah. And that's also considering, like, we, we we do explore a lot.
0: Yeah, I definitely, I did not skimp out on my experience in this game. I tried to keep it moving, but I took my time and I, ex- I explored everything. I just, I maybe didn't, like, obsess over the map and be like, I'm missing one more toad. Let me go bang every piece of grass on the map until it pops out like i didn't do that but I, d- I also didn't uh have to rush my experience at all i just had to play all day long <laughs> so that could be why the combat
2: felt so repetitive because it's a pretty long game and if the combat system isn't that interesting to begin with it could get to be tedious after a that
0: while. that is also exactly my thought and i think the fact that i played it in in essentially one sitting for the sake of the review if I played this game very casually the way that, like, I used to play games when I was younger, and, like, I played for a few hours one day, and then I didn't touch it for three, four days, and then picked it up again, I think, honestly, the combat system would probably be just fine. But if you're, if you're like, invested in the story, and there is a story to be invested in, and you want to see it, and you're like, I can't put it down, then it gets a little repetitive when you've spent several hours in the game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. One of the things that I realized was... I think that if you gave this game to me as a nine-year-old, I mean, maybe I was just a dumb nine-year-old, but I don't think I would be able to finish this game.
1: No, no. Okay, so here's the thing. Hear me out, right? So when I played Super Paper Mario, Mm and I was a child, right? I don't remember how old I was, but, and I said this in, like, my impressions, but I, as a child, I just, or I, I don't know, in this video game, I did not understand the concept of, like, like, that there's depth to things. So, like, if you are not on the same plane as an object or a character or something, y- interacting with them is, like, impossible. Well, it's especially right?
0: hard when you consider paper, because depending on your orientation, you could be very thin, and so it's easy to, like, to miss things and think you're on the same plane, but you're not.
1: Exactly. No, exactly.
0: RPGs could be brutal, though. I, you know, Not to
2: have a long sidebar, but Kingdom Hearts, when I played that as a kid, it is a kid's game, but... I had a very tough time with that just cuz JRPGs they don't mess around. Yeah. You know, right. the concept of stats and equipment doesn't really register with a child's brain, exactly. I guess. Exactly.
1: At
0: all. That's the, like unless I had an older brother to like take care of it for me, which for the record, I do not, I still don't have an older brother and I don't think I'm getting one anytime soon. Um, <laughs> you will one day. Don't worry. Uh, I don't hard th- enough. There are just sections of the game that I don't think I would be able to finish. Just because no. some of the boss fights are tough, you know, and i I think if you die a certain amount of times, it gives you like an easier mode for certain things or something like that. but just uh like certain concepts I don't I feel like are subtle enough that I wouldn't be able to grasp. like there are some things that like toads will mention kind of in passing that seems obvious to me as an as an adult who is playing the game. And is like, oh, I'm sure this is going to tie in. But if I was just a kid being like, haha, Mario. And I'm like, oh, that's funny. That's cute that the toad said that. And then later when I'm in the temple, I'm like, what? What am I, what am I supposed to do? Because like, <laughs> I would not yeah. think as a child that something they said you know, 10 minutes ago was something in a completely different area
1: was going like, to tie into like a temple. I don't know. Right. No, exactly. That. No, that's exactly why when I was a child... Now, I see, I have older siblings. And that's why when I was a kid, more often than not, I would watch my sister play it. Because I just could, I couldn't I could do it. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't get past it. So... And it was very frustrating. Yeah.
0: Which is, I guess, what makes it weird when, you know, we talk about it, like, as a kid's game. Because it's kind of yeah. not. Yeah.
1: Well, th- exactly. That's why when Benetado said... Um, it's a kid's game. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, but it's also like if I imagine my little brother trying to play this game, I love him to pieces. And he's he's gotten a lot better at games like he's started to get more into them. Mm-hmm. But
0: dunk on it, dunk on him, dunk on it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just know that he would probably have some trouble and he would end up getting like really frustrated and just quit because it's a pretty it's kind of a complicated game. It's a little complex.
3: It's fine.
2: I was just being an asshole. I finished Odyssey. Yes. Like it doesn't you, matter that it's a kid's that's game. That's the point so. I wanted to make. I, I destroyed Odyssey. I didn't just You made it. Odyssey. everything in Odyssey.
1: <laughs> exactly. I made so Odyssey what? <laughs> I'm not going to say it, but you know what I was going to say. <laughs> I, uh,
2: I created Odyssey. I, I produced the game and um, developed it. Exactly. That's what
1: I was going to say. But yeah, I
0: it, it exists in a weird place because it's decently challenging, but it's also like deceptively cute. It's...
1: No, it's so charming. It is such a charming game. But I
0: don't think anyone, like, anyone who's listening to this and considering the game, I definitely don't think it should be written off as a kid's game. Um, and I think, again... Death not. Not to go back to the narrative, but, like, the story is, like, really touching at points. It's, it's super goofy and inconsequential throughout. But when it gets to the points where it wants to make a point, I, I think it's actually really lovely. And I'm glad I got to experience it. Um, and the world as a whole. Honestly, it's... It, yeah, it's a lovely experience. Uh, just those, that big gripe in particular, which i I think is the controversy with a lot of the other paper Mario games as well. Mm-hmm. Do you guys have any questions? I have one, one quick question,
2: particularly for TJ. TJ, did you play the older games, like a uh, thousand year door or any
3: of them? I did. I've played every paper Mario game. So except this one.
2: Okay. My question is based on what you heard about the combat in this are, because everyone's going to compare this game to Thousand Year Door or Paper Mario 64 because that's what everyone loves, right? So is the combat in those games similar to this one or is it like something completely different?
3: No, nah, it's completely different. Um, they're closer towards general like RPG things. Um, each game has a different combat system and they usually... Do it based on like what they're working on. Like one of them was like theater, so each time you'd battle, that's why a Thousand Years, a Thousand Years Door is great because like you're in a the theater for every battle, and then like they would feed you stars based on what you're doing. Um, it doesn't sound as much fun as Thousand Years Door, but okay. probably more fun than Sticker Star.
2: Gotcha. Cool. Like
3: Thousand Year Door is hard to beat. Like, that's probably like the number one Paper Mario game.
2: Because, yeah, I've never played any of them. I'm actually, I'm watching <laughs> my favorite YouTuber right now is playing through Thousand Year Door, and the combat of that looks like traditional RPG, turn-based RPG. So yeah, I'm curious to get my hands on this one because it sounds They're interesting. They're all
3: generally like that. I'm surprised they went with this for this game, yeah. but it seems interesting. Cool.
0: Ready to vote, baby. All right. In the case of Paper Mario Origami King, Amanda
1: Fernandez Acosta, how do you vote? Amanda Acosta. Amanda Acosta, thank you very much. Um, I vote. <laughs> I vote. You should totally buy it, though. I know it's a little. It's it's. We said things and we did things, but you gotta understand. Like, it's a Mario game, dude. Like, you gotta you gotta experience it firsthand. And honestly, overall, I think. It's a very creative and charming game and I don't see I don't see why not, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm having a great time. I'm not even done yet and I assure you that you most likely 99.7% will also have a great time. So I think you should buy it. <sighs>
0: <laughs> so, uh-oh. <laughs> uh-oh.
1: Don't you dare. No, here's here's where I'm at.
0: Here's where I, I, I let me level with you all. I still don't know how I want to vote. No matter how hard it's a I think
2: tie, it. woohoo!
0: Um, it's like I'm I'm pretty evenly split down the middle. I'm leaning in the direction of buy because it was just such a wonderful experience to to have. Like I I genuinely loved it and and yeah, it was wonderful. The the, the music's great in, in areas. I love the bosses. Or an E rated game, yeah, it's it's just ugh, like that. The combat the fact that I was running away from everything like really makes me consider whether it's worth the $60.
1: That's fair. Maybe Vote
0: your heart. But if, <laughs> okay, if I'm following my heart, like if I'm not trying to be like a game journalist or whatever, if I'm following my heart, then yeah, I, I vote that you should buy it because everything else was is so phenomenal that it, it tips the scale in its favor. Um, it's just that one gripe. And I think if you're playing it casually, if you're kind of like taking your time with it, it probably won't bother you as much as it bothered me for playing it, you know, 12, 13 hours a day. So, yes, you should buy it.
1: (laughs) Yay! (laughs) Uh,
0: Um, I'll... Okay. In the case of Paper Mario Origami King, you should buy it, though. And now, a word from not our sponsors, but our haven't-played-it-yet co-hosts. I'm curious, where are you guys sitting? Like, right now, if you guys had $60 on the line which way would you go from everything we've said
2: I n- no I wouldn't i would I would probably wait for a sale I would eventually buy it at a cheaper
0: price that's my practical advice I, I would buy that's it at fair. 45. Yeah. yeah, but I can agree we with don't that. vote like that on the show. Right. Uh and if you had to decide, I think if you're a fan, like if you're if this is piquing your interest, you'll probably find the world delightful. Like
2: right, but I mean, for a game where the combat is not all that great and that's most of the game, yeah. I'd probably be like, "Ah, eh, no." <laughs> I'd go play one of the older ones. If you
0: told me to be like clinical, I'd say no. But he said follow okay. your heart. So I followed my heart, <laughs> and that's I. You should follow your okay.
3: heart. Nah. <laughs> um. Well, I already spent sixty dollars on it, but <laughs> if I didn't, um, I would still get it because Paper I'm known to it's based on the world yes. and like the fun all around it. It's also an E-rated game, True. so I'm not expecting the most out of the combat system. Um, I'm surprised again that they changed it. Um, interested to actually experience it. Um, but yeah, I mean, $60 is still steep for a Nintendo game in general, especially a Mario game,
0: Mm. but, um, but isn't it always,
3: yeah,
0: Mm. Yeah, but overall, I, again, it's a lovely experience. I would pay $30 for a game set in the coffee shop alone.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Uh, I, I
0: loved the little coffee shop bits. I loved all the bosses. Yeah. I'd pay 30 bucks for the coffee shops and 30 bucks for all the bosses. So that's your 60 buy it. Go buy it. There you go. (laughs) Get the game.
3: Play Thousand Your Door first, though.
0: But yeah, that's our discussion on Paper Mario. Uh, If you're not aware, we also released an episode on Ghost of Tsushima today, which has an excellent combat system. So if you're interested in seeing two dichotomies of very, very different games, go check that out. Other than that, that's been our review. Thank you for hanging out.
3: Wahoo! We'll go see you on the other podcast. Goodbye! Wahoo! Goodbye!
2: Doesn't he, like, at the end of his game go that Thank you so much for playing my game or something. Oh, he doesn't talk in this one. They, they don't. They don't have their voice. Yoshi dies. <laughs> Yoshi dies. They put Yoshi in a shredder in Mario. Twice. Okay, now.